Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. This can't be coincidence that we're all in this room today. So Father, speak to us now. Holy Spirit, illuminate the word. Comfort hearts that need comforted. I pray for conviction where there's needed conviction. And I pray that we would leave this room absolutely transformed because we've sat in your presence. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm in Acts chapter 8. And if you haven't been here the past couple weeks, I just want to preface what's going on for a second. Before this moment, the Holy Spirit has come. The church is on fire. It says they've turned the world upside down. And you've got people operating in their gifting. They're loving each other. You've got problems. You've got pain, but you've got victory. You've got problems. You've got pain. You've got victory. It goes back and forth. We get to this place, though, where persecution ramps up. And when persecution ramps up, it starts noting a couple of the guys. We've just talked about a guy named Stephen. Stephen's the first martyr of the church. He's given up his life. And then we meet another guy named Philip. Now, preface this. There's 12 guys who followed Jesus. One of those guys' name was Philip. This Philip is not that guy. There was seven guys in the early church called out to serve and wait on tables, the food bank of the church. Philip's one of those guys. So here's what happens when stuff happens. Acts chapter eight, I wanna start in verse four, and I wanna read till verse eight. When persecution hit, it says, but the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Pause. The believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Everybody talked about Jesus. Because everybody did. Philip, for example, is one of those people who was scattered. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and to see the miraculous signs that he did. And I don't know, uh, I don't want to get into this topic too much, but people speak and they say that only apostles had the gift of doing miracles and Philip was not an apostle. Philip was a deacon. People wanted to see the message Philip was preaching and the miraculous signs that were accompanying the message Philip talked about. Lives were changing. Stuff happened that was unexplainable through a guy named Philip. Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear the message and see miraculous signs he did. Verse six, seven. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims, and many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. If we get anything from this message right here, man, I think it's so tempting. Uh, God is able. That's what I want to say. God, God is able. God is able. God is able. Have you ever gone through a really tough situation and that situation like took every bit of your mental capacity? 
I mean, can you imagine like serving and then the church is blowing up, the world's turning upside down and then devastating persecution sweeps through. These, these people are not overcome by what's happening to them. They're still overcome by the one who encountered them. Jesus had met them and the truth that Jesus had laid down his life for them trumped everything that came against them in their life. It was the biggest truth that captured their heart and their mind, so they talked about it. Anybody can't wait for the ball season coming up? Who's talking about football? Let's go. Yay! I love football. Man, but I love Jesus, you know? Like, you're going to talk about what you care about. These guys were talking about what they cared about. And it wasn't an office. It said everybody who had believed was talking about this Jesus, man. Everybody. And I don't know if you've ever been told that you are not worthy or not able to talk about Jesus. I just want to put it back and say, no, yes, you are. Talk about what he's done in your life. Talk about what he's doing in your life. Brag on Jesus. And if you brag on Jesus, I promise you he's going to give you more to brag about over and over. But Philip realized that God was able. God is able in the midst of anything, with anyone, anywhere, at any time. If you feel like your life is too far gone, too jacked up, too beyond the circumstance of this world is gonna hold him back, no, no. Philip got scattered because of a bad circumstance that happened in his life, but he didn't let the bad circumstance control his life. He realized that what the enemy meant for evil, God in turn was gonna do something really good. And so he was expectant. As believers, guys, my, my prayer for us in this day in United States of America is that we don't just look at the circumstance of what's happening today on the news or what other people are talking about in my work. We see things as if what could be. What is God up to in the midst of what the enemy's up to? Some of us focus on the dark side and what the dark side is doing, but in the midst of what the dark side is doing, God has in, in turn ready to do something to redeem this thing over here. What's going on at home that seems so dark? The circumstance is so down. What happened at work that's so beyond repair that God surely is not a part of it? You've left him behind? No, no, no. God has plans to redeem that thing at work, at home, in your relationship, wherever you are. God is able in the midst of anything with anyone. Listen, anyone, do you believe that? Anyone, anywhere, at any time. I want to focus in on this guy, Philip, for a second, because one of the biggest challenges uh, for me personally following Jesus, and I just want to speak personally, not that my experience is everything, but I believe this story helps. You follow Jesus, you do what he's asked you to do, and you don't get the result you expected to get. Anybody ever been there? Anybody went to work? And we preach this all the time. We go to work, we're like, I'm going to be a light. And you're like, it's that didn't happen, you know? <laughs> I practiced my patience. I read my word. I showed up and I was like, I'm going to kill you. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've been praying all day. I show back up at the house and I'm, I want to just go off on my kids. My life ain't changing. You don't get what we expect all the time. God is able with anyone at any time, any place, anywhere. But when you step into actually serving Jesus, walking with Jesus, you see in this story a guy named Philip 
who goes down into Samaria, and you've got to understand, he's sent to a place of Samaria where nobody would have liked him. He's a Jew. Samaritans and Jews do not get along. So this would have been the last group of people that he would have wanted to talk to, but he knew that God had sent him there and God had a plan in the midst of broken relationship. He was going to redeem something. Philip was the guy that God used to redeem the Samaritan town, the most unlikely of people. Thank you, Adam, for giving me the commentary on that. I really appreciate it. He's the last one. He's the least likely. Do you feel the least likely to make a difference in the family that's so broken? Do you feel least likely to be the one who goes into your workplace and bring light in a dark situation because maybe the past experience that you've had or the past that you've done? God is able with anyone at any time to do anything. Are you available for him because he wants to redeem that situation that you're walking in right now? But Philip goes, we see miracles in front of thousands, but then very shortly after, he does something very strange. It says an angel of the Lord shows up. And I'm not going to read this. I want to paraphrase it for us. You can go back and read it if you'd like. It says an angel of the Lord shows up to him and says, I want you to go out to the desert by yourself. Well, it's like, well, what do you want me to do out there? I, that's all we get. Go out into the desert. There's something for you to do out there. But, but man, Jesus, like... I, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm preaching to thousands. We're seeing miracles. We're seeing amazing things. And then Philip goes from that place into the desert just walking. I don't know. Anybody just hear a word from the Lord or you're reading through the scripture and you know that God's told you to do something, but man, it feels silent for a minute. I wonder what that's like to walk, wander through the desert being like, man, am I an idiot right now? Anybody feel an idiot, like an idiot sometimes? Just following by faith what God's told you to do because you're not seeing what you expected to see? But when he gets into the wilderness, I mean, he gets into the desert, it says the Holy Spirit speaks to his heart. And when the Holy Spirit speaks to him, he says, walk over there to that chariot. It's a beautiful picture. It's amazing. He walks over to the chariot to find an Ethiopian eunuch who's in the Ethiopian government reading through the scripture, reading through the scroll of Isaiah and Philip, being so full of wisdom, does not assert himself into the conversation. It's very important as we grow in wisdom and discernment of how the Lord speaks to us, we're not going to step in something and dominate this person. Philip is so wise. He says, do you understand what you are reading? Just a question. Jesus was the master of questions. Some of us want to speak so quickly we're unwilling to ask the question because a lot of the people in our life they need to tell us, maybe we need a backstory of what's really happened for us to actually help them to maybe what could happen. Let's ask the question. But Philip says, do you know what you're reading? He says, how could I understand? And he's reading that passage, like a lamb led to the slaughter. He did not speak a word. So Philip takes the scripture, and from that scripture, it says, explains to him the Messiah. As he explains to him Jesus, they pass by a body of water and the Ethiopian goes, hey, there's some water. You want to baptize me right this second? Because I'm in. Let's go. It says when he baptizes this guy, and I've never seen this before, I would love to see it. But it says that he vanishes and appears in another part of another city. I don't know. God just is doing weird stuff. 
but I'm down for him to do it some more. After that, we don't hear about Philip until Acts chapter 21. We don't hear about him again. Do you know why you hear about him? You hear about him here. Acts 21, eight through nine. The next day we went on to Caesarea and stayed at the home of Philip the evangelist, one of the seven men who had been chosen to distribute food. He had four unmarried daughters who had the gift of prophecy. I don't know if you've ever felt like a failure because of the stage that God has gifted you with where you are. But in this man right here, we see him preaching to thousands. We see him sent to the desert to one. And then we don't hear about him at all until we get to the picture of his family. The scripture is pretty clear that we're to desire the greater gifts. This is said to be one of the greatest gifts that can be given. Only love is the greatest. But this is like love in format of speaking the truth and applying it very personally. Philip had given his life to his family. He was raising up generations to come. And I want to encourage us all, something I'm personally learning. My family is one of my first ministries. It's my first ministry. Your family is your first ministry. Your family or thousands or one. You're faithful with that and let God deal with the rest because you have no capacity to understand what he's doing, none. And if you try to evaluate the circumstance, you're gonna get disappointed because things are gonna happen you don't expect and you never saw coming. Philip never saw persecution. And if that was what he focused on, I don't know if he goes down to Samaria and tells them about the Messiah. I think he talks about how bad his life is. But there was something that trumped the badness of his life was the one who redeemed his life. That's all he could talk about. It was the truth in his heart and mind. What he believed he spoke about. I have three apples here. Anybody like a good apple? Come on now. I don't like apples that much, to be honest with you. I just don't. I have a fake front tooth. I have like a, I have a nightmare thought that it would just break out whenever I eat an apple. Vulnerable, you know, I'm going to be vulnerable with all y'all. Got a fake front tooth. Now you know. Whatever. You can count these apples like pretty easy. Like you look at them, I'm like, man, I got three apples. But like, if you really think about it, I've never thought about this before, but like inside these apples, like is a giant orchard, like three giant orchards, like generations of apples actually exist within here because this one apple has a few seeds. One seed makes a tree. Do you know how many apples one seed or one tree can make? Per season, I don't even know. Anybody, anybody like a, Apple person? What is that called? What do they what do they call an apple person? Anybody? Huh? Appleologist. Thank you. How many apples does a tree make? Anybody? Come on, appleologist in here. I know somebody knows, surely. Nobody knows. Good. I would say it's hundreds. Hundreds. Hundreds of apples come from one tree. This represents thousands upon thousands of apples after generation upon generation. Listen to this. Have you ever met this guy right here? 
We got the picture. Have you ever seen, you know who this guy is? Come on. Who is it? Do you know? Johnny Appleseed. That was so close. It's so close. <laughs> Matter of fact, that's awesome. It's good. It's good. His name is actually Edward Kimball. I didn't know he's not Johnny Appleseed, everybody. Edward Kimball was actually a Sunday school teacher a long, long time ago. I don't know what year. But the story goes that this guy had like five boys in his class. Anybody ever taught young boys in a class? Anybody just go home and you're like, I don't know that I did a thing today. <laughs> Any school teachers in the room? I'm sorry on behalf of all of us. I'm really sorry. I'm sorry. Guys, we can say sorry, right? Sorry, sorry like sorry. Yeah, we're sorry. This guy had five in his class. And if you can imagine, like, he took it upon himself to say, like, this is a really big deal. And so he took it on his life to actually spend his life reaching these guys one-on-one. -on -one. And he had one particular student that was really, really challenging. And this one particular student back in the day worked in a shop behind the counter stocking shelves, elementary school. And he went to his place of work and he shared with him the truth of Jesus and didn't want to leave. And he came back and back and back until this kid was like, fine, I think I believe you. This guy's name was Dwight L. Moody. And if you know Dwight L. Moody, we have Moody Bible Institute now. This guy preached to thousands, ministered all over the world. He reached a guy named Dwight L. Moody. But it doesn't stop there. Like, here's what's fascinating. Dwight L. Moody then reached a guy named Wilbur Chapman. Wilbur Chapman became an evangelist who preached to thousands. And Wilbur Chapman one day met a professional baseball player named Billy Sunday. Billy Sunday became an evangelist that traveled all over the world, preaching all over. Then he reached a guy named Mordecai Ham. Mordecai Ham was almost a prophetic voice who would go into towns and he would like, I think what, what I read is like he would take like a hearse and like walk it through the street, almost like a PR stunt. And he began to speak about this group of boys who was skipping school and they were going over to this house doing kind of unruly things at his tent revival. The boys decided they were gonna come down to his tent revival and mess it up. One of those guys' name was Billy Frank who showed up to see what Mordecai Ham was all about. This guy, Billy Frank, later known as Billy Graham, came to know Jesus through Mordecai Ham. Think about the line that that took from that man right there with five little boys that many of us would say, man, that's a very small deal. You're not gonna do anything, man. You think they care? They're gonna remember? Billy Graham said he preached to two billion people. And maybe if you are evaluating what God is doing in your life and you're just disappointed that you don't have the stage you expected right where you are, I just wanna tell you whatever God's given you right this second, uh, I promise you, he's got more than you could think or imagine in the sphere of influence you have currently right now. Who's your friends that are right around you? Who's the coworkers right now in your life? Who's your family? Who's sitting next to you? Like, if you begin to see the wonder of who God is and how he's placed you right where you are, you will not be discouraged because he's not made a mistake. Everyone around you, you have been sent to by him. 
to minister? How is he ministering to you? What, it, what, what could be if we begin to see life like that? I believe we would not live in disappointment. I really don't. I believe anxieties would leave in a lot of our lives because we're not afraid that we're maybe missing it. I just wanna tell you today, I don't, I'm not sure that we've missed it. I, I just wanna invite you to expect him right where you are. He wants to do miracles today right where you are. And he's gonna use you for more than you can think or imagine. Far more than one apple, man. The second thing that I just wanna share with us today, and then I wanna be done. Jesus is available. Number one, God is able. But two, Jesus is available. It says, many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims. Many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Joy follows an encounter with Jesus. Joy follows an encounter with Jesus. And I'm praying joy in this city right here today. Just praying you encounter Jesus. Just want you to encounter him. I want you just to know facts about him. I want you to encounter him. And I pray you experience him today. Jesus spoke about the fullness of joy. And I'm gonna tell you about that. He related joy as something about abiding in him. He said this in John 15. He says, remain in my love. You ever tempted to remain in whatever circumstance is happening to you? That focus? He's saying, focus here. Remain in my love. Remain here. Remain in this place. Stay. Don't leave it. Don't leave this land. Remain in my love. He says, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. If you remain in the truth that God has loved you and that Jesus has died for you to cover you and make you absolutely perfect before your Father in heaven who hears your call to him, who desires to walk life with you. If you receive that today, this is the good news that transforms your life. He's loved you, remain there, that your joy would be full. Did you know God wants you joyfully overflowing today? He just wants you to overflow. I pray we experience Jesus as the place of overflow today. Number two, Jesus related it to your prayers. John 16, 24. You haven't done this before, he said, but ask using my name and you will receive. You will have abundant joy. I invite you to see. I told you this like a while back, just one of the examples that comes right to my mind. Pray about everything. Seems ridiculous, but I'm building a retaining wall. If you were here a few weeks ago, I told this, but it sticks so heavy in my mind right now. I'm building a retaining wall. It was hell. I mean, hell of a morning, just hell. We couldn't even set the first rock. And I'm like, Pray about everything, man. God cares about everything. I told this guy who's moving the bulldozer, I'm like, come, come here, come here. Man, can we just pray about this? I don't even know. The guy's like, Ugh. 
all right, you know, like it's weird freaking weirdo. No, I saw it in his face. He was like, okay, cool. All right. I'm like, man, I don't care. Lord, I know you care about everything. So Jesus, I just, in your name, I just ask that you would help us build this wall for your glory so that you are seen today. That's it. Literally, I am not lying to you. We start dropping these bricks like we're measuring it. You got to have it perfectly level. Like we're setting the level and we're like, it's perfect. Next one. Rake, 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 rake. Set it. It's like, perfect. We don't have to hit it. We lay, we lay this whole wall. And the guy's like, you're an incredible raker, man. And I'm like, I ain't never raked in all my life. I promise, like, I've never done it. And I told him, I was like, hold on, hold on. It's not about the raker. You remember what we did? It's Jesus. He cares about the bricks. But he wants to show you he's alive today. God's like, yeah. Next day we show up, first thing he was like, you want, you want to pray today? <laughs> I promise, true story, true story. He cares about everything. By faith, you step in, pray in his name so that people in your work, people in your life will see him. That's his will. He will show up. Believe him. You think your voice doesn't matter? Jesus has mattered for you. My faith isn't in Jay. My faith is in Jesus. Because my faith is in Jesus, Jesus shows up because he's that kind of good. When he shows up, my joy overflows, not because of what I've done, because I recognize he's doing far more than I know I deserve. Shoot, come on. This is the life of overflowing joy we were all made to experience. Just like Philip. Persecution? Bring it on. I'm going down to the worst town in the town. You know, I'm going to the worst part of town. I don't care. Let's tell them what happened. Jesus shows up. Let's go out to the desert. Jesus shows up. Let's stay home. Jesus shows up. Don't got to worry about a thing. John talked about this joy. And he related it a little different in 1 John 1, 3 through 4. He says, we proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. We're writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. He talked about my life is connected to Jesus. And when my life is connected to Jesus and you connect your life with me, you experience Jesus for your joy to be full. Before you go to work, Connect your life with Jesus. Go back. Remain in his love. You don't got to do anything. Remain in what he did for you. Go back to the basic. Remain in his love. You're loved. Thank you, Father, you love me. Now, connect with that place and take it into work. Connect to others. But not just, it's not superficial connection. Fellowship insinuates that your lives are like joined like this. Invite them in that they might experience the king. I bet, and this pains my heart to say it, y'all couldn't name four sermons I ever preached because I'm not that good of a preacher, to be honest with you. I'm just not. You can't name them. I know it. But if I asked you, I'd like, name the person in your life who changed your life the most. You know it, don't you? Name the person. You know it. They showed up with Jesus. You know it. Sermons are great, 
the experience of Jesus is just as great. Fellowship matters. And the last thing, John relates joy with face-to-face -face connection. 2 John 1.12, for I hope to visit you soon, talk with you face-to-face, -face, then our joy will be complete. The kingdom of God is so amazing because when we're connected to Jesus, what happens to you happens to me. And I celebrate with Philip because what happened with Philip happened to me. We're the body of Christ. Your gift and my gift, when they come together, there's some kind of beautiful thing that heaven happens. And if you've never seen your life as a very particular gift, if you join your life with Christ and then join your life with the body, heaven begins to happen because of what he's done in your life and the connection you've made to others in this room. If you think your gift doesn't matter, the kingdom of heaven is, is less because you're not there. Your gift matters and it might be different. I wanna invite you to connect with his love. Realize that he made you, only one you. He's gifted you very uniquely. And he's invited you in. Would you say yes to him? Would you make yourself available today? And if you would, here's what I'd like to practice together. I'd just like to practice praying for each other. That might be so scary. That's okay. You don't have to pray. But here's, if you would receive anything today, if you've never prayed, I want you to know this. If you are in Christ today, your voice to your Father is heard. Pray anything in His name for that person. It will happen. You say, but I don't know. I mean, does God really just want to do some good stuff for their life? It says when Philip preached that... People who couldn't walk, walked. I don't know just what it says. Just a free gift. You think they got it together and did something worthy to make them walk? It was just a gift. Jesus walked the street, denied healing to nobody. Just pray soul healing for people. Whatever he gives you, let's pray for, pray for each other. Let Jesus show up. Let Jesus direct your prayer. Step out of the way and let's see what he does. Would you join me in that? Can we do that together? And if it's weird, you don't have to pray at all. If you're sitting in this room today and you're like, I want to be connected to God and I'm not. Kylie took that step to be covered by Jesus. The Ethiopian eunuch heard about Jesus and said, I want to be born again. There's some water. And I'm like, yo, if you... Today, you're like, I, I need a fresh start, change. Jesus is everything. I, I trust him. There's water. Just go. Change begins today. So I want to invite the Lord just to help us pray. Would you turn around with people right around? I don't care if it's your family. I don't care if it's just you. Just turn around. Let's just pray for each other, okay? And let's see what he does. And the Lord, I pray for divine connection in this room. I pray that you would help us pray. And Lord, show us more of who you are and how you love us. So that you're seen. In Jesus' name.